This is Hannibal here on the World Class Podcast, the World Class Cast, with uh, World Class Pro Wrestling owner Jerry the Boss Bostic and AEW performer Fuego Del Sol, who you may have seen on Dynamite last night. I guess he's out of the hospital. How are you doing today? I mean, my jaw is hurting a little bit, but I'm fine. I'm happy to be here. Man, we're, we're happy you made it. You know, I... I really felt for you last night. That looked like one hard kick to the face. And uh, yeah, Malachi Black, as he's going by now, he doesn't he doesn't uh, hold anything back. Uh, I don't know why he decided to beat up on me, but here we are. <laughs> well, I mean, you're I mean, you're Dustin's son. You're I mean, which would make you related to Cody. So he already took care of Cody. So you were naturally next. Oh, of course, of course, it's my uncle Cody. I know. I come out there to check on him. Ate ate a boot for my troubles, you know. A victim of circumstance. Always, I feel like that's my whole AEW career. Just a, a victim of circumstance. <laughs> so, what? What did? Uh, how did you feel when you found out Dustin was your dad? We'll just jump right into it. Oh man, what a weird turn of events, right? First, I thought it was just like this mentorship thing, and then it become this son father thing. But then it's also kind of creepy. So. <laughs> it's a good thing, it's funny, but it like toes that line of like this is kind of kind of weird. But it, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm oh, enjoying I think it. it's great. I you know I don't catch all the vlogs, but I watched the one. Uh, I guess it was the one from this week where uh, you were dressed up like gold dust. That was hilarious. We did. It was, it was so it. great. Know that we were gonna do that, so we had him shoot turn around. <laughs> <laughs> that was his shoot reaction. It was just a rib on Dustin to. He's like, after the cameras went off, he's like, man, he's like, where did you get this mask? That's fantastic. You know, like, I mean, you know, from working with me so long, I'm pretty easily amused. But oh, cool. I watched that episode and laughed, I don't know how many times. Like, I was laughing, my wife was laughing. You know, then Ray the Bay came to work and I was like, you got to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> how much fun are you guys having with the vlog? It looks like. I mean, you know, it's weird that we're coming off of COVID. And, uh, well, I mean, I guess we are. We might not be. But, you know, it, it seems like the camaraderie that, that everybody built while being in Jacksonville was was not just something on TV special, but it was really special. Oh, yeah, it was phenomenal. It's the most fun I've had in my career, I think, ever. Um, well, thanks, thanks. I know, I know. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm say this, but uh, these guys, like, I'm, I'm rubbing elbows with people and it's like, it's one thing to be on shows with them and, you know, you know, it's hello, say hello, hi, goodbye, thank you. But to actually develop a relationship with them is one of the coolest things in the world, right? When you have Paul White grab you by the neck and like, it's like, boy, oh man, I love the way you do this, this, and this. It's like, this is a big show, dude. I watched this dude all my life. And now he's grabbing me by the neck and telling me he likes my stuff. So it's a, it's a cool feeling. The vlog is just not only a way for us to have fun. But it's a way for us to get over. Like, we knew it was going to take a, a life of its own. And now here we are, you know, creating something special. I'm getting chanted by thousands of people, not because I've lost 40 matches. It's because of the vlog, you know. I think it's, I think some of it, too, is your ability to, co- to connect with people. You're very good at that. And, you know, watching the vlog, I cracked up this week, too. You know, then at the end, here's Damon out of nowhere. Like, what? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> we won that, too. I was like, Holy shit, it's Damon. <laughs> yeah, I was so mad he didn't get a match. If he would have got a match, uh, Gideon Vane is he's now going by. Oh, yeah, whatever. 
<laughs> I get confused, man. When people start going through personality disorders and they get confused, I get confused. And it's the whole thing. Yeah, he was at the end of the. He, he almost had a match on uh, in Dallas. That would have been great if we could get him a match in Garland. But absolutely, you know. But you know, I mean, him getting his foot in the door. You know, it's no different in a sense than when you got yours in the door. You got to take what you can get at first, take advantage of it, and work, to work, and work, and work. And I, I tell people all the time, I was like, I, I uh, earn, I, I earn a role, and I play that role to the best of my abilities to, to until I earn a better role. That's but you always have. You know, as long as I've known you, you've always been that guy. Because, you know, whenever, you know, we'll backtrack to whenever you or go ahead and start. We'll start with the trampoline stuff. We'll kind of tell the whole story. So t- tell me how all that came about. Some people aren't aware of that. How can they go watch that stuff? Because I know you do pretty well off that steel. I did. I For, for now, uh, music rights have gotten so crazy that it's hard to make money. Man, on. Absolutely. Any type of music on. Um, but. For the longest time, I, when I was 14 years old. I got a camera for Christmas. Me and my brothers and cousins and neighborhood kids all got together. Started doing backyard wrestling. I started editing, producing, commentating, all of this content just for YouTube until it started blowing up. I had a couple videos blow up in 2012. And to make the long story short, I started getting paid by YouTube. It was almost up to like two grand a month uh, wrestling. Yeah, from on a trampoline in my backyard. Man, you can't beat that. So, what actually? I don't need. I don't even know the answer to this. What made you move to Oklahoma of all places? Was it? So the I got a soccer scholarship. Yes. Yeah, okay. so you know, I'm, I'm Native American as well, and so I had a a uh, a, a bunch of grants and scholarships to come up here, and so I come up to Oklahoma, started playing soccer, played two years of soccer. While uh, during the off season, I would be with you. During season, I would I would be at the field, you know, and so for two years, I kind of tried to juggle uh, wrestling and soccer and it was hard to do. And I kind of can't even count my first two years as full years. I count them as like half years. Absolutely. Uh, and how did you actually know? Cause we met through Alpharad. Yes. So how did you actually know him? Again, it goes back to the native American connection. Uh, so my dad helped. I have a, my dad before, before he married my mom, he had a relationship where he raised a kid. Helped raise a kid. It's like he wasn't his father, true father, but he helped raise a kid. And he's about six or seven years older than me. And he kind of got into independent wrestling when I was about 13, maybe a little bit younger, 12, 10, 11. And uh, he he attempted to be an wrestler. And so one time at a powwow, we were promoting uh, an indie show for him in that area. And he, uh, Alf Rott was there drumming and he saw my dad put up a poster and he kind of come over and talk to him, told him he was an indie wrestler. They kind of connected on Facebook. He looked up a bunch of his clips. And then when he saw me come up to Oklahoma, he was like, man, I wonder if Alf Rod is still wrestling. I should call him up and see if there's any opportunities for you up there. And I was like, absolutely. I had already kind of talked to someone in Mid-South in Oklahoma City. I was like, at least got a foot in the door somewhere in Oklahoma. But then out of nowhere, my dad calls me back. He's like, hey, I got in touch with Al. He says, you should come out in February to Broken Bow. And uh, the rest of the history. <laughs> that was your first show with us, was Broken Bow? Broken Bow, Oklahoma. I wrestled uh, Guy Atticus in the first match. We had a really good match. Uh, I It was all just a, a test to see if I could go. But I ended up selling a ton of pictures because we drew a, t- a great house in Broken Bow. And so, like, I made a ton of money. Probably more money than I ever made in wrestling up to that point. Just, and I wasn't even, you know, scheduled to work in that sense. It was more of a tryout. And I'm trying to kind of earn my spot and 
made a little bit of money. But then I also locked my keys in the car that night. And so we had to wait for like <laughs> I two remember that actually. To come show up and uh <laughs> were we actually was that the year we were staying in this like crazy cabin out in the middle of nowhere or is that when we had like the first year? I think that was the second cabin. year. That was the second year. So y'all didn't even have the cabin yet. So I, a lot of those guys were just being really good brothers and staying back and hanging out with me until Triple A got there. Man, you know, it's that's one of my favorite trips every year is Broken Bow. I felt oh, like we had a blast. We had a bunch of fun times there. Man. Oh yeah, I felt like every year we just we all grew so much closer from that trip. Let me catch up on some of these fan comments real quick. We got John Fox who wants to know why won't they give you a contract? Oh man, it's it's it really comes down. to I mean, one it's really man. not that cut and dry. But. <laughs> it kind of is. It really comes down to one man who's not completely sold on me yet. So. I, mean, I don't even kids. know that it's that because I don't know being a promoter. I don't know at this point how they can't be sold on you. I mean, how many times a night are there random Fuego chants breaking out during these shows? I mean, and at almost, least two or three times, right? It almost might be hurting you now. So who knows at this point? Um, you know, I don't know that it can possibly hurt you because I think that. Not my brand. I just don't want other people getting mad. And getting, I don't want yeah, to looking like I'm trying to hide. That's not your fault. That's it's not your not, fault. It's not. And these fans are not your typical wrestling fans in a sense. You know, I, I think that, you know, the difference, one of the differences between WWE and AEW is AEW, you know, like I watched it last night and, you know, I was talking to my wife and I was like, this is a fun wrestling show. Like, it's fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, more, it's so fun. You don't know what's going to happen. You have no clue. Like when they came out as the elite squad, I was like losing my shit over it. I was like, what is this? This is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Yeah. Thank God for the HBO Max connection. Right. So they've been able to pull off a couple of those things. They've been able to do the Godzilla versus Kong match. Yeah. They did uh, the Rick and Morty deal that they had. They did a couple of few things like that where. You know, with the HBO connection, like I said, again, Tony Khan kind of being a, a, a genius in so, some sorts. Like, he's the perfect mix of a fan and a promoter, right? Because sometimes those don't mix well, but he can, he can, and, you know, every, every week it's not going to work, but I feel like last night it worked pretty well. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it goes back to whenever we would do crossovers and stuff, too. I think that you're reaching a totally different crowd when you do these things because you're, you still have your wrestling crowd. But when you're mixing it with pop culture things, you're venturing off into this new territory that's going to bring you a whole new set of eyes, too. You know? Oh, and, and kind of like that with YouTube as well, because like we were kind of discussing this last night of how many guys or how many families now don't even have cable anymore. They only have Internet, right? You don't have it. Do you have it? I do not. I have, a, I have YouTube TV, which is a streaming service that you can get to kind of have cable, kind of mimics cable, but it's not cable. Yeah, so, see, I have Hulu Live, and honestly, if it wasn't wrestling or sports, I probably that's wouldn't. That's the only reason anybody keeps cable anymore is to watch live sports. That's it. Maybe news. Some people like to have news, but you can do that with an antenna, you know, one of those digital boxes. Now, that's so right. Like, if you don't want to subscribe to this, people, and you're watching, there's still the antenna. It's still around. It's still around. Bunny ears, still around, you know. Um, but so many people watch their wrestling just through YouTube alone, where they're only watching it on YouTube, clips on YouTube. Uh, matches on YouTube, maybe some other not so legal platforms to use to watch as well. But how how many of like how much of a crossover are you getting? Like how many people found the vlog and started watching AEW? Right there, we 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 done some research about that too. There's some females that are just in love with Sammy Guevara that watch his vlog. They don't necessarily watch wrestling, but wanted to come to some of the shows just to try to meet and see Sammy Guevara. So like, there's a whole new 
thing. And I kind of realized since we've been back on the road, how much this vlog, how much, how much traction, how much pull it actually has because the fans care about it or they wouldn't be chanting my name like they have been everywhere we've been. We got a comment from the Modern Wellness Center. I'm sure you want to put them over. I saw they were sponsoring you. They said, catch Fuego live tomorrow night at VIP Wrestling in Halton City. Yes. So what, do you, what do you want to say about them? I know they're sponsoring you, so we should give them a shout out. Dude, they're the best. They're incredible. They did some work on my back last week, and it, it helped me tremendously. It was like the best type of uh, you know recovery training that I could, I could suggest for anybody. If you're hurting, if you need some help, if you want some advice, go see them in Fort Worth. They're incredible. We worked out this great sponsorship deal where they're sponsoring me as an athlete and as a Twitch streamer. Uh, my streams are coming very soon. So just be on the lookout for that. Sometime next week, we'll be announcing the first Twitch stream. So, guys, Modern Wellness Center in Fort Worth, please go check them out. Uh, they're incredible. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think they sponsor other wrestlers too, right? Exactly. Gino from MLW. Oh, Gino, hell yeah. Gino. Uh, as well as Roxy, who's now in ROH. So definitely check out Modern Wellness Center. Uh, they're fans of wrestling. They help out, out the wrestlers, and they can help out you too. The best mental and recovery health that you can go check out. Uh, we got Roger Way. He said, "Will you still compete in? <laughs> will you still compete in the world class?" I mean, I'm always going to be a world class guy. I can't get away from it. Can I fit and escape it? <laughs> well, you know, one day if you have to get away from it, I would totally understand. Okay. I can't even, you know, like I've told you tons of times. I'm so proud of you for the work you're doing. Like, I don't think sometimes, you know, I think certain people think you were probably gifted that spot because of your relationship with Sammy, and <laughs> and that's so far from the truth. I feel like you know, anybody like you've always worked door, hard to get work, whatever you've got. You know? Anybody can get your foot in the door. Al got my foot in the door with you guys. I feel like I earned my spot, right? Same here. Sammy got my foot in the door with AW, but it was me. I earned my spot. So uh, hard work and, you know, talent, you know, will always outmatch anything else. Nepotism is great. And, hey, it helps out everybody. But you can't just get by on nepotism alone, you know? I, I think, uh, you know, We'll know who you're talking about later. I was actually talking to uh, your opponent for Wichita earlier this week, and oh, yeah. he, could, he, could not, he could not say enough great things about you. Dude, he's the best. He's awesome. You know, just from uh, his interactions with you, watching you grow, believing in you. Like, it was a really cool conversation just to hear him put you over like he was. Oh, yeah, man. There's so many guys that I look up to. Uh, in AEW, like growing up, that now I can consider friends, and that is like one of the most surreal and yet coolest things ever, man. So, how much did your world class connections help you when you went to AEW? Because I mean, geez, well, I think we've worked for with I don't know how many of those. Guys. Oh my God. So, uh, a big deal about that is Justin Roberts. Like any chance he gets during commercial breaks, he'll acknowledge me, say little things about me, and I would have never met Justin, never been tied to Justin. Like, I remember my first week there, he's like, oh, we got to take a picture, send it to Boston right now. And so, mm. picture, send it to you. That meant so, a lot to me. I loved that. I appreciate oh, yeah. that you guys took the time to do that. But, yeah, there's so many guys that I've either wrestled or met through your show. Like, uh, I could they, I, Did, did JR remember you? I don't think so. See, me and JR never really interacted a ton when he was at our shows. And I kind of kept my distance. You know, I know I wasn't uh, – I almost I wasn't his cup of tea. I just know – he was very busy man, and there was other people on the show that he was worried about, you know. And so I, I understood my place in that sense. Maybe I was just a shy kid at that time when he was there. But uh, now Jr. knows me and knows how he is. Uh, Mike D. just wanted to say earthquake for the 2022 Hall of Fame. I'm down. I don't know why earthquake's not in the Hall of Fame. Really, Mike, I would think he would be. It's just crazy that he's not. 
but you know, I mean, I think a lot of people don't understand that the Hall of Fame is kind of a political deal, and it's kind of, of just a show. You know, like people are like, I can't believe such and such well, isn't in the Hall of Fame. Well, because they, they have to spread it out. Year, they only put in one female a year, one tag team a year, one uh, person that has passed away each year. Only one dead person a year. So and one celebrity a year. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. You gotta have your celebrity. Donald Trump, Hall of Fame. I wasn't gonna say it, but you said it. <laughs> You know, I, I, whenever he got elected, I was like, man, there's a member of the Wrestling Hall of Fame as the president of the United States. Incredible. And then, you know, Linda McMahon was in charge of all the small businesses in the United States for a while. And I was like, boy. Oh, yeah. Man, good thing she's not still in charge. She might have shot AEW down. Who knows, man? It's not a small business anymore, though, especially not with these rumors going around. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, I mean, what what can you tell us about these crazy rumors? What's the inside scoop? Anything at all without I, getting yourself I know in trouble? As much as you do, I know fans are insane about how well they try to find this stuff out because, like, they're tracking Tony Khan's private jet, right? Like, if anybody has a private jet, that you have to, you can you can look it up any plane online if you know the the you know flight the plane whatever numbers it is serial number, but. They've been tracking it just to figure out if he's been going to Chicago, who he's been meeting with, everywhere else. So it's just insane the, the how far fans will go. But it's so awesome. Like, to, you know, I was thinking it last night when I was watching. I was thinking, man, it's such an awesome time to be a fan of wrestling. And, <laughs> you know, like to me, you know, I wasn't, you know, I mean, we've talked about it. I wasn't always on the AEW bandwagon, whatever, because it's not some of the stuff's not necessarily my style, which is kind of odd because my style is kind of out there too but <laughs> but you know i was watching last night and i thought to myself i was like man wwe is in deep shit of course if, if something does if, if aw if you guys don't slip up in the next year or two this game is going to get a lot more interesting oh absolutely absolutely it's going to get real interesting and then i just I also i just i feel like the goals of people have changed man people a lot of wrestlers not coming up don't want to like i right now i mean you know, I'm a free agent. I'm unsigned. So if WWE, you know, offered me something, I'd have to take that into consideration. But the goal right now is to get signed by AEW. It's not to go get signed by WWE. And so if there's a goal difference change for indie wrestlers. Like, they helped over 100 wrestlers during the pandemic get work and, and give them exposure and give them a platform and make a little bit of money because they weren't not paying these guys. It's good money when you wrestle for AEW. So I can't say enough good things about that. And then just how much they have capitalize on each big thing that they've done like every little step they've they've drawn out and got the most out of and that's what you need to do if they can continue to do that you know who knows if, the, if these big names do come in they could be selling out jacksonville stadium you know they could be selling out sixty thousand seats if they set up like their big wrestlemania type show it could be crazy the uh, I, I was wondering uh you know if aw is going to run a show that weekend at some point you know, to kind of just say, hey, like now we're in your face directly. I mean, I, I thought it was uh, great how they both came back in Texas and it was sold out shows the whole time. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. It shows how much, you know, it's it's a whole different atmosphere, man. I tell people uh, three weeks ago, I thought I was done. I, I guess it's almost four weeks ago now at this point. I think I thought I was it. I thought Jacksonville's over. I had a fun run at AEW. This is it for me. I'm going home. We did a whole big goodbye vlog. It was I, saw, I saw that one too. 
I'm getting addicted to watching these. These are funny, man. We try to put them out, make them funny. Sometimes they don't all hit as well as we want, but there's at least one part of the vlog that's going to make you feel some type of emotion every time. But there's How do they find the, the vlog for people that have not watched it or do not know how to watch it? What's the easiest way for them to find uh, it? The easiest way is to search Sammy Guevara on YouTube. Uh, he, the first thing that pops up is his channel. Go to his channel and uh, you can start wherever. I feel like the best place to start is around like 277. After Sammy come back from his month hiatus, uh, we kind of capitalized on a bunch of things and kind of worked stuff out, and it become a great thing. But Sammy Guevara on YouTube is the best way to watch the vlog. If you go to our social medias, uh, any of uh, any of the vlog crew, me and Sammy especially, tweet it out every week. I put it on Instagram as well. So if you're following us, there's hardly no way you can miss us talking about it when it when it drops every Tuesday, uh, 1 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, 12 o'clock Central time. Every Tuesday. I'm gonna put you on the spot. And once again, I'm not trying to put you in a bad position, but what is better, being the elite or Sammy Guevara's vlog? Oh, man, you know, it might give me some heat, <laughs> but uh, vlog crew is 10 times better, man. We surpassed them months ago. Months there ago. it is. There it is. The vlog crew is 10 times better. I was on the plane with him this morning. Nick Jackson, you know this. BT <laughs> downhill. Downhill. Was it, was it one of their birthdays? Was it Nick's birthday this week? It was Nick and Sammy's birthday. They're born on the same day. So, oh, oops. Yeah, I, it popped up on my Facebook, and, and I told Sammy happy birthday, but I totally forgot to tell Nick happy birthday. <laughs> Me too. Uh, so, Roger had a question. He said, are you in the Nightmare family? So, I saw, maybe it was Sammy's blog where uh, Cody was, like, going through the Olympics thing, and then you got the cool jacket. Yeah, I mean, it was a bad time to wear the jacket because you got your face kicked off, but you didn't. I mean, he didn't give me the jacket on the vlog, but hold on. Give me one second. Give me one second. And no to the fans that have been asking, Jerry has not announced Fugo's opponent. Fuego. Fuego, sorry. <laughs> Fuego. I'll get this right one of these days. Uh, for Wichita. He will be in Wichita October 3rd, though. Announcement coming. Oh, did you go get it? Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so, on the front, you got the big American Nightmare logo. And then on this side, it says Fuego. So I don't know if I'm in the Nightmare family officially yet. I, I mean, I would say so. Jacket. And uh, of course, the first time I wear it, I get my head kicked <laughs> off. So we'll see where this goes. Just watch the vlog this week, guys. Is all I can tell you. You know what's wild is. You know, so many times I've sat down and thought, like, man, it's it's so unbelievable the things that we've done. Like, I never thought it was possible. And then here you are taking it to a totally different level. Like, did you ever envision this, like, going the way it has? Like, did you ever really believe, like, you're going to get to this level? Okay, I'm going to give you two. Let me give you two answers to that question. Okay. So first question, if you would have told me, if, I, if you would have said, hey, give me a thousand scenarios of how you make it in wrestling. I would have never in my wildest dreams been able to tell you, oh, there's going to be a new company that starts up. Uh, and then seven months, maybe yeah, yeah uh, seven months into their run, uh, a pandemic is going to happen. And all their wrestlers are going to get stuck in Mexico, Canada, Japan, the UK. And they're going to have nobody. So they're going to give all these independent guys a chance to come out and work. And then you're going to end up messing around with your friend, Sammy Guevara, to where he gets, somehow gets Cody Rose to do a bit with you. 
Cody just obviously calls you the master of the tornado DDT. It takes off life of its own and becomes a legend. And then, you know, the ball just goes rolling from there. And then, no, I could have never told you that's how I was going to do it. But did I envision myself making it? Absolutely. From day one. Almost from day one. It was, I was almost too cocky about it. I remember training. And after I completed my training, I looked at my best friend. I was like, five years. I'll be in WWE. Five years. Because, <laughs> but. That's always been my mentality. I've always thought about that. And that's all what I've, every step of my career, when I thought I needed to do something, that's how I look at it. What is going to get me successful the fastest, you know? Um, the best one I one of my favorite things about what you just said was you may have thought it, but anybody that works with you would not know that you thought it. Because the <laughs> way you carry yourself, how professional you are, and how you're willing to do whatever needs to be done. Like you're, you know, you're the quintessential team player, you know, when it comes to, to shows, like being on time, staying late, working whoever, working whenever. Like, I don't think we've ever even had a sideways conversation about anything. No matter what, you've always just done it. Yeah. You know? Any The first time I ever thought, I was like, oh God, I got to talk to Jerry about something crazy. Uh, I, I approached you very calmly about it. And then you were super you know, understanding about it immediately where I was like, well, this is not even, that's how we saw. This is just me and Jerry having our good report that we've always had. So it's like, it's not even anything bad. I just always, I've always thought about it like this. You can, you can think you're the greatest wrestler in the world, but do that when you hit the curtain, right? When the red light is on, think that you're the best wrestler in the world, right? But the second you get back through that curtain and the, and the red light's off, we're all the same. Every one of us on the same show. We're all, we're all brothers trying to help each other out and, and push the business forward. And, I think that I love this. I love everything that comes with it. I love the bad, the good, the I love every experience. I love. I remember we had a uh, ladder match in Fort Worth, and we had planned out this crazy ladder match. And two minutes into the match, Barrett Brown's face uh, was destroyed. Uh, uh. And I and I know it sounds so bad to say about this. He gets thrown out of the ring, and I didn't know what happened. And as he gets took away, I just start laughing in my head. I just start. <laughs> I was sitting there in the ring just laughing. I was like, oh, great. We just we got at least 10 more minutes of this match. And it's just, it's going to be all over the place. This is a ladder match. It's like, this is going to be most unsafe. But it was fun to me in my head. I was like, well, this is something you just got to, you can't, ex- you know, you can't expect this ever. Who was in that match? It was you, Barrett. Who were the Chandler. other two? Was it Tigo? Chandler, Chandler was the champion at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else? There was a couple more people. Chandler. Man, I, you know, I just watched that show the other day, and I can't remember. Um, Who you know, match it was. You and Chandler both in the same match, and you and Chandler on so many different shows back then. And then, I mean, you guys ended up being uh, two of the biggest stars in Texas, you know, or Oklahoma and Texas, however you want to look at it. Kind of crazy. I like to just say this Mid South area. I feel like because uh, we we took over everywhere. We went to Kansas. We went to Missouri. We went to Arkansas. You know, we went everywhere. So it's like. Um, and, and Hannibal, I know like you like to take clips out of the show and post them. I hope that you'll clip that part out about, you know, the about being a wrestler when the red light's on and outside of that. You know, I think there's a lot of people that need to hear that. Of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, I say, it's good to have egos, but they're healthy, man. I feel like there's a fine line between uh, competition and comparison, right? Comparison is negative. Competition is healthy. Right? I can look at you, and if we're competing against each other, and we're trying to make each other better, hell yeah, let's go. But if I look at you and I'm like, oh, my God, he's better than me, or he does this better than me, I don't like, like, that's, 
That's negative. Compete with someone. Don't compare yourself to someone. And so that's the mindset I got to keep. It seems like, you know, oftentimes a lot of people will go negative before they speak the positives. I don't recall you hardly ever doing that. And I, like I think it should be like that in wrestling in general. Like, be thankful that we have so many wrestling products that are flourishing right now. Be thankful that the talent is so amazing. You know, I was talking to uh, Jerry Jarrett. We were discussing talent. And we were discussing how much the independent level has changed since they started TNA to now. And, you know, there's so much talent on the indies. Like, so, I don't even, you know, I don't even like the word indie really because... I don't, I don't really, I think there's, I think you're just a star regardless when you get to a certain level and it's just about your path and how you get there. And I, I think at a certain point you stop being an indie wrestler and you really are just a pro wrestler. I think there's, there's that difference. I like that. I like that. We had Nick Blues. He wants to know when you do get signed, I said it. That's what he said. What title would you go for first in AEW? Man, there's so much like that. That's absolutely a goal. But the main goal right now is just getting the job. I can't even focus on the title. <laughs> Put a couple wins together, get in the rankings, move up the rankings, and then earn a title shot. How um, did it feel getting the first win? It felt incredible. It felt like a, a moment, you know. Um, it was a cool moment, and I thought it was the perfect send-off. I thought that was it for me. I thought that was the last match. Hey, I got my big win in AEW. Now I can use this momentum, go off, do big stuff on the indies. Out of nowhere, Cody was like, no, you're coming back to Miami next week. Hey, can you come back? I thought I was just going to come there to do a bit with Cody Rhodes, and that was it. And I was almost mad. I almost didn't want to go because I was like, I'm, I'm hanging around somewhere that doesn't want me here, right? They they did enough for me. They sent me off in the right direction. Why is Cody making me come to the show? I get there. I'm wrestling Matt Hardy, and the crowd goes bananas for me, and I'm like, this is one of the, my favorite nights of my career, and I didn't want to even show up. That's how stupid I was. About this whole situation. So, how many times have you worked Matt? Twice? I worked Matt twice now. We worked once on Elevation back in April, I want to say, and then we just recently wrestled each other in Miami. Well, I guess maybe third time will be the charm. Ooh, I would love to do that. You know, maybe. Yeah. So October the third at the Cotillion, Clash at the Cotillion Four, Flame on Game on the main event. What a show name! Fuego, I know, right? Fuego Del Sol versus Matt Hardy. There like, it is. I love the sound of that. I love the sound of that. And, and you know, really, no lie, like when we talked this week, uh, I hadn't talked to Matt in a while other than just text messages. And he just went on and on about you for like three, three, four minutes solid of, of all the respect he's got for you. Dude, and, we got and he's so looking forward to this third match. And I, I am too, because it's on our turf. You know, he... He beat you a couple of times in AEW, but this is not AEW. This is this no. is your turf. Exactly. You know? They're going to be four for you go Del Sol in Wichita. Um, Absolutely, they love you there. <laughs> Absolutely, they do. It's a good feeling. Like I said, I had a killer. I had a great match with Hooventude there, and they were chanting both of us then too. So it was a good. Oh, match. and then Hoovy's going to AEW I, next I, week. So I, happy for my dude. Hoovy's crazy. No, no, he's crazy. <laughs> You wanted someone uh, more unpredictable than Nick Gage. You've already here. You I mean, geez, you had what? Did you have three matches with Hoobie? Three matches. Three, three. matches. They're fun, all fun experiences. Two more than one. But <laughs> yeah, fun. there was that I one. My, I got my whole Hoobie experience all through it out. So I love it all. Um, but yeah. Got so LL, who says, I haven't gotten one of your t shirts yet on pro wrestling tees, but I will. 
I definitely want the Burger King design t-shirt. Well, LL, don't type about it. Be about it. Exactly. Tell them how to find your shirts, Fuego, and tell them about the experience of being a so-called independent wrestler in the top 10 selling shirts on pro wrestling tees. Again, I can't take all the credit. Cody Rhodes tried to turn a joke because like I did last November, I lost my job because they told me, hey, it's either us or AEW. So I said, see ya. I'm going, I'm betting on myself. And, uh, and you know, that people found out about this. QT found out about this. He kind of let Cody know, hey, man, before he goes all about it, he just recently lost his job. And somehow, for some reason, Cody Rhodes just put it out into the universe. That I got fired from Burger King. I've never worked at Burger King a day in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it become a running joke where he would just, anytime he'd see me and I would be in a room with people, he's like, hey, you know, Fuego got fired from Burger King. Um, like, I never would. Like, why? He does this. He does this about the smallest things. He'll take it. He 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 tells you he tells people I have 12, 13, 14 kids. I was like, I don't I don't have that many kids. I have some kids, but I don't have that many kids. And then he's like, he he'll, he he com- he literally convinced some wrestlers a couple weeks ago that I was forty two years old. He convinced. Oh. I was like, how how do you how do you get convinced? Like, but I, he's he likes to. That's his funny sense of humor. But he said this about Burger King, and I'm like, well, I could sit here and try to just defend myself, or I could try to make some money with it. And so I turned it into a T-shirt. And uh, it's been it was the highest selling shirt for me uh, that I've ever had, and it was on uh, the top seller list of pro wrestling tees. So it was incredible feeling uh, to have that type of success and and be smart enough to flip that around. You know, someone making fun of me in a in a joking manner and flipping around to make some money off of it. I thought so that was another it. shameless plug. Who designed your merchandise? Again, that goes back to Gideon Vane, Damon Windsor. Uh, with One of the best designers in the game who has also designed for MVP, Chavo, you. Chris Jericho. He's been. Oh, that's right. He did the Jericho shirt, too. Yep. And so uh, he's a great guy. If you need anything, Descendant Designs or Gideon Vane on Facebook, look him up. Uh, he's Gideon Vane. G-I-D-E-O-N, people. E-A-N-E. Not V-A-N-E. Vane. So, you know, I don't even know if I ever told you about this. It's funny that you get used in jokes because one time I used you in a Ray Mysterio joke. Have I ever told you the story? I don't know if you have. Please explain. So whenever we had booked Ray for the Robstown show, I was having issues with Conan working out the travel. Well, Conan takes it upon himself to book him in the Oklahoma City because we're from Oklahoma. Oh, my God. And I'm like, well, if you would have got with me beforehand, you'd have known that the show is in South Texas. Like, I was pretty mad. So I was like, Chavo, you need to get a hold of him and work this out. So he did whatever. And then uh, I went to go pick Justin up at the airport. And Justin didn't know. And so uh, he's like, did you get it worked out with Ray? And I was like, I got it taken care of, man. He's like, what are we going to do? And I was like, well, this is exactly what we're going to do. When we get there, I bought this Ray Mysterio mask off the Internet. We're going to make Fuego put it on. We're going to have him get beat up backstage and act like he's Rey Mysterio, people will never know the difference. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I found somebody even more popular than Ray. And he's like, who? And I was like, super crazy. And I was like, so Ray's going to get beat up in this backstage vignette. People are going to be upset. And then they're going to see super crazy and they're just going to lose their shit because everybody knows that super crazy is more popular than Rey Mysterio. <laughs> and man, he just started cussing me out. He was like, we're not going to make it out of there. Like, this is bullshit. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm just messing with you. We worked it out. So, so you're good for these jokes, apparently. Hey, man, it's not you and Justin Roberts tried to rip me another time. Once before oh, as yeah. well. 
Huh? The John Morrison tie match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Tell that story. I'd forgot about that. Listen, it was very funny because like John, you had you had had John on shows before, and I had met John before. Always a super nice guy. Always. Well, he had a, a elbow injury at the time and he couldn't wrestle the show. And you decided you wanted to have your first intergender match and you, you know, he's like, Well, if I'm gonna do it, I might as well use Fuego in it, because Fuego, you know, like you said, team player. And so it was me versus Ty Valkyrie. And uh, the day of the show, you and Justin will come up and he's like, he's kind of like, he's kind of like Macho Man with Elizabeth. Like he doesn't like, you know, talking to Taya. <laughs> and I was just like, Justin seems way too excited about this. And so I, that was like my first record. I played it off way cooler than he did. But like, I'd never been on a show with both of them at the same time. And so I was like, so I was like, maybe John's different when she's around, you know? And so then they get there. I speak to her. She seemed super excited. She watched some of my match with Brian Cage. She was like, da da da. Super excited. I was like, cool. I go to him and he's like, and he kind of gives me like this, he, like this look. Like he's kind of trying to play it off, play the rib off, like he's upset at me. And I kind of just like, man, hey man, I hate to hear about your elbow. And he, he's like, oh yeah, we have talked before. We have a good rapport. And he kind of kept talking to me and it was cool. But I kept, it kept it in the back of my mind because Justin, as soon as John got there, was like, have you met, have you met Fuego? And he went to, he was so anxious to introduce. I was like, Something seems off, but like I didn't know yet. I didn't want to just assume it was a rib and then get a bunch of heat. And um, but then me and Tyler went out there and had a great match. Yeah, and had to come back and compliment it. And so, but the whole time I even went up to Kayo and I went up to a few people. I was like, I think, I think they're trying to rib me. I think they're. Trying, I was like, I might be crazy, but they're trying to rib me here. This is a rib. It's got to be a rib. We devised this plan like the night before. We called John on speakerphone, and uh, this was shortly before I got banned from ever driving Justin again. Apparently, the Miz and me are the only people that aren't allowed to drive him around. That's funny. And, and we call him on speakerphone, and we just started laughing so hard about it. We we're like, "Oh man, this is like Macho Man Elizabeth. We're just gonna play it off, and we're gonna set all this up." And it all was great, man. But you're you're such a good sport about it. You know? Of course, and like again, I guess I was too nice of a guy for him to really want to. We got Ishmael who wants to know: Are you booked for AEW Homecoming? Listen, if I if I spoil spoil it, it won't be a surprise. Guys. Like it's that's one surprise. of the worst things about the internet now. It's no different than the the proposed signings, you know. Like, you know, I think we forget sometimes. You know, wrestling is suspending your belief in something. You know, they're making you believe in things, and and how do you buy into that if you already know all the answers? Exactly. Like if I. Uh... It's a it's a running joke that they're like they say, well, we can never say goodbye to Fuego because he just shows up every week. So it's like, <laughs> you never know, you know, when I'm gonna. But maybe maybe I need to rest this jaw up. Maybe I will stay at home next week, or maybe I got my flight booked and I'm ready to go. I just I'd rather leave. you got to tune in to see, right? Exactly. Show up if you're gonna be there. Show up and see. You never know what's gonna happen. But uh, there's crack always a contingency plan if I'm not gonna be there. And if you don't believe me. Just wait till you see Sammy Guevara's vlog this week. Here we are. We're promoting the show. We're promoting Sammy's vlog. I'm I'm just promoting everything left. Hey, me. man, that's the name of the game. Absolutely. Jimmy Crack Corn said Malachi Black put Fuego to sleep. <laughs> I, told, I told everybody I was, not, I was not planning to nap that late last night, but, you know, messed up my whole sleep schedule because it's been knocking me out cold. <laughs> Mark says Fuego is the most overmasked man in America right now. Inarguably. That, how, how does that make you feel to hear that? 
It's surreal. I mean, I mean, it's really kind of hard to dispute, really. You know what I mean? I there mean, was a guy last night because, like, they almost like, oh man, you almost hijacked Cody second because they were chanting for you when you come out there, and they were like, uh, and then Sammy made a joke. He's like, man, they got to start burying you. And then uh, one of the top guys in the back, I can't say who it is, but he's like, bury him. We he, we he loses every week. They we can't bury him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We got a Duarte who says tornado DDT for life. And, you know, it's crazy because I thought you were the master of the tornado DDT. And then all of a sudden, AJ Styles is. What's up with that? Stop. Okay. This is a social media guy trolling. There's either two things here happening, right? He just, he knew, he's like, hey, how do we get a bunch of traction on a tweet? Right. He knows about the blog and he's like, how do we get a bunch of traction on a tweet? We tweet this. And hey, that's all about, they're all about numbers over there. They just want the most traction as possible, all the replies and retweets and quote tweets. It looks good for them numbers-wise. Or two, he's an actual secret fan of me, and he knew people would come to my defense about it. Right? But regardless, it was a WWE social media guy trolling. Right? He's I like, find I it hard to believe that they aren't aware. You they know are. what I mean? They're super aware. This is not the first time they've done this. They've also done who's got the best DDT, and they put up a bunch of different people's tornado DDTs. And they were like, who's got the best tornado DDT? And it's like a week or two after one of my big segments went viral. And so it's like... Um, Anybody can do the move. I tell these people all the time. Anybody can do the move. It's not about, I don't own the move. I, don't, I never created the move, but I mastered the move. I'm the master. So to sit there and to call someone else the literal master of the Tornado DDT when that's my moniker, that's bullshit. And the, and the fans knew. If you go to that tweet and look at the replies. Oh, I mean, you, you blew up because of that. Weren't you trending? I was. I was trending worldwide because uh, people were mad that they called someone else uh, the master of the Tornado DDT. So thanks, thanks, haters. Thank you. Like I said, and thanks to everybody for the support for sticking up for you. That's crazy. Yeah, that's the best part. There was a few just WWE diehards that I had to block, but besides that, everybody else is great. You know, it's I don't know. It, it never ceases to amaze me. Like they try to act like they're above everybody, but then they're out picking on us. You know, you know, like like they tried to get me. I don't know if you know this. They tried to get me for uh, the first Oklahoma. And they went back through three years of my social media. Three years. I'm thinking, Jeez. like, who has the time to do that? And they were like, you used, I think it was eight of eight of our pitchers in the last three years. And they had all eight pitchers where I used them. And they were like, you have, I think it was seven days to take these down, or we're going to sue you for $1,500 a pitcher. Jeez. And so, me and my infinite wisdom, I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to let them sue me. This is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't remember who it was. It might have been Russ. Uh, he's like, you're a dumbass. Read that email again. So I read it again. And I was like, oh, man, that's 150000 a pitcher, not 1500 oh Get those down right now. <laughs> and, you know, so that's why we underwent a poster change uh, at Oklahoma was because it was Sting, JR, Hacksaw. I can't remember who else. Just yeah, silly stuff. Yeah. We got a uh, Jason Holtby who wants to know: Is KBW coming back for a reunion show? I don't know if we could ever get the gang back together at this point. Uh, they're all off doing their own thing, and that's the thing about KBW is that not all of them are wrestling fans. Man. They were just friends of mine that wanted to hang out and do some stuff, and so what? wow, yeah. So like that, it was more fun just you know hanging out and doing it because I would put it all together. But a lot of them were kind of semi wrestling fans, not really wrestling fans. The only one that was really huge wrestling fan 
with my best friend. His name's AK. Uh, he goes by the Assassin AK-47. He just retrained at the Nightmare Factory with Cody. He's back oh, in yeah. pro wrestling now. But he originally trained with me. We did some tag team stuff. We did a bunch of matches against each other when we first started. But he was a year younger than me, and he was still in high school. So when I moved to Oklahoma, he kind of had to focus on school. And now, five years later, he's went and got his education in college and then went to Nightmare Factory and kind of reinvigorated his love for wrestling. So AK and me will definitely do some type of reunion stuff. But uh, as far as trying That's to get awesome. back together, maybe for some type of documentary later on. But I don't think it could ever be like any type of show or matches, man. These guys aren't trained, and I can't see myself going back and wrestling on a trampoline at this <laughs> day and time. <laughs> we got Peter Birdsall who wants to know, why is there a fried egg on your head? <laughs> it's the sun, Fuego del Sol. Right? If anything, why do fried, fried egg? Why do fried eggs look like suns? Is the better question. Okay. Ishmael said, "How cool would it be if you get signed at AEW Homecoming? It will be the icing on the cake of your journey." I feel like the longer they hold it off, the more over it's just gonna make me. So I, you know, in a sense, it's almost made you a much bigger star by them pulling off. Reason I'm over, and I said this last night, and they know this. They know this. I'm over is because I'm not signed. People just want me signed. It's a ground, and I don't want to compare myself to Daniel Bryan, but to a lesser extent, it's kind of like that movement where people, you know, they love me so much that they just want to see me get the credit that I deserve. And I feel like a lot of people think I've earned a contract, and they want me to see me get that credit. You know, and even if. Other people haven't. I'm going to keep doing my thing and earn it because I'm having the most fun. I can't stress about things that are out of my control, you know? So I think I have the right people on my side. I mean, clearly. Uh, And so it's going to come sooner or later. If not by them, by someone's going to give me a contract soon. So I'm not even worried about it in that sense. I can't stress about it. I'm just going to keep doing me, having the most fun I've ever had, working on myself and grinding because that's what I do. So what kind of dream matches do you got? Like who, if Fuego Del Sol could have his way... Who's two or three people that are on that radar for that? Oh time? man, I haven't wrestled the Young Bucks yet, man. There was all there's a couple times where it was gonna happen, and I haven't got to do that. Uh, Darby Allen is another one that I've never got to touch that I would love to wrestle. Um, actually, then, hold on, hold that thought. One of the comments actually is, "Would you face Darby in a coffin match?" Absolutely, man. I would go nuts. I feel like people don't haven't even really got to see what all Fuego can do. Like the world class fans have seen me for years, knowing that I can put on great matches, but with AEW Dark Innovation, you have a limited amount of time out there. And, you know, uh, I'm also good at being, you know, getting destroyed. And people like to see me get destroyed just as much as they like to see me win. But they haven't even seen the type of competitive matches I can have. They've seen glimpses of it with the QT match, Danny Limelight match, Lee Johnson match. Uh, they've seen glimpses of it. But to really see what I can do, they got to give me some time and let me go. And I feel like Darby would be the great, the great person to do it with. So who else is on that list outside of Darby? Uh, if Brian Danielson comes to AEW, he's at the top of the list, man. I literally shed tears the night that he retired. It, I was at WrestleMania 30 to see him win both titles. It was three months into me training, and it was one of the coolest moments of my... I was like, if he can do it, I can do it. And so... Was that the one in New Orleans? Yes, that was the year that... Uh, I was there, too. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was like one of those things where I was just like, man, I got to... Uh, I got to wrestle him if that's a, if there's a chance. There's a ton of guys on the roster that I've never got to lock up with that I would love to get a chance. Even Jungle Boy is one that we've had a couple tag team matches, but a one-on-one with me and him would be. Oh, that would be wild. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think later down the line in the future, 
You can always go back to Sammy Guevara versus Fuego. You know the first place we ever wrestled at? Me versus Sammy Guevara? World. Broken Bug. Yeah. I, you know, I remember that match. And, you know, I don't know if you remember our conversation afterwards. You know, I said, uh, you know, you guys got to learn to tell the story of how you get to one move from the next. And it's crazy thinking about that match to where both of you guys are now. Like, you guys, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't because I said it, but you took that and ran with it. But not only that, I don't know if you remember the next month, you booked a rematch. I mean, to your credit, you like you gave us another chance. And I remember the feedback, because Justin Roberts, I think, was there at that point, and he was like, hey, man, that was a much better match than last month's match. Y'all told a story and got to the, the moves y'all wanted to do, but we were just so excited to work each other, and, you know, how with two guys, you can't tell them nothing at some point sometimes. And so that's how it was. That was back in 2016, I believe. So we're looking yeah, at I think that money, that's a money match down, down the line. You can tell a cool story with both of us. Nate Bond said father versus son match. Where do you stand on that one? You know, I don't, you know, you, um, you know, you ever seen this, the movie Old Yeller? You know, you, when you love something so much, you got to go put it down. I don't want to have to I don't take him behind the woodshed, you know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe one day I'd rather team with him first. You know, let me let him. I've been riding his coattails. Come on, let him jump in the ring with me. He can ride my coattails a little bit, and we'll work, we'll win a few matches, and then and then he can we can do the, the father versus son match eventually. So you know, there's no guarantee, but one match that I would like to see, and uh, you know, I'm shooting for December the 11th. Whenever we return to Texas and we go to Irving, I'm shooting for it. I can't promise it, but I'm working on it. I want to see Fuego del Sol and X Pac. Sean Waltman, 101. Okay, so he said he would never do another singles match after a certain amount of time. And so if we he's, can, he's coming back though. He's he's getting in shape. One last run. He got his start in Dallas. You know, he was to me outside of Brian Pillman and, and Jushin Liger, you know, one of the original high flyers. Now, a lot of people tell me that I have a one, two, three kid type story that out of nowhere, if I beat a big name, it makes me just like it made kids. So it would be incredible to work with Sean. You know, especially for it to take place there. You know, I feel like, you know, in a sense, it's like him coming full circle, but at the same time, him facing what he started in a sense. Absolutely. It would be incredible. It would be incredible. I, I love just the thought of that story. We got um, Faye All Day who says, Wichita loves Fuego for sure. My son lost it when he saw Fuego on AEW. Man, they gave me so much love. They always bought all the merch. They always cheered for me, regardless if it was a fatal four-way, triple threat, tag team, whatever. I had some great matches there, man. I had one with Hoobie that was great. Me and Randy Price wrestled the stepbrothers there and went to a, a, a double countout. Man, that match was so much fun. It was very fun. It was one of, one of my favorite matches, I think, in world class. You know, the stepbrothers are such a good team. They've teamed together for years. And then here come you and Randy – we really hadn't teamed together at all, <laughs> and the chemistry with you guys was insane. I feel like we we then we ended up getting the team against uh, Ethan Page and uh. Yeah, when we did the I Impact show, and and you know I don't I don't even know like how we put you guys together in the first place. I don't remember why, but it was just so fluid. The chemistry was amazing, and, and especially you know like I mean both matches, you guys just tore it up. You know, I was so proud of you guys for taking that and, and doing what you did with it and working together. I mean, it was people would have thought you teamed together for years. I know Randy's so talented. I would do it with him any day of the week. Any day. Oh, of the week. Randy's so talented in every which way. A lot of people, you know, 
they don't realize Randy produced all of our TV shows. Uh, he's actually even produced one or two segments for AEW, I think, a couple of years ago. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And he's he's one of the best producers in wrestling, period. I agree. I agree. If you don't know that name, Randy Price, look it up. I mean, his work, phenomenal. Speak for itself, absolutely. Josh said, will Fuego give Malachi Black a tornado DDT? You know, if I had it my way, absolutely. But, you know, Cody is a grown man. He likes to handle his business by himself. And next week at, at Jacksonville at Homecoming, I'll be watching whether I'm at home or in the back. I'll be watching closely because I know Cody's going to get uh, a little bit of revenge, not only for himself, but for uh, his buddy Fuego Del Sol. So I'm looking forward to that one next week. Bill Romanowski said the cotillion will be bumping October the 3rd. <laughs> I have no doubt. I can't wait to see that match myself. You know, that's, uh, you know. So we had to wrestle on elevation and we didn't have any time to put anything together. We kind of had to just go out there and do it. And that's the reason he likes him so much. He's like, we had great chemistry for someone, you know, for two guys that did never wrestled each other before. And so like from that day forward, he's like, you know, whatever you can say, whatever you want about Franco, but he can he can wrestle, he can work, you know, and so that's a good feeling. Yeah, you know, I I remember I, it was probably one of your first big matches you had for us. You know, once again, it it, it to me it's about how far you've come since that time. It was uh, one of the casino shows. It might have been Rise of, Rise of, Rise of the Revolution where you wrestled Chavo. Right behind you, that poster right behind you again. Yes. Ah, yes, and and I don't really remember something happened, and I was like, man. You got to go on first. Y'all don't have time to do anything. You're just going to have to go out there and do it. What were you thinking whenever I came up to you and said that? I mean, I was in a spot anyways where I was not going to suggest anything to Chavo to begin with. I was in a, I, I was the first big name I ever wrestled. You gave me the biggest opportunity in my career. I probably didn't even deserve it at that point. But he went out there and he wrestled circles around me. And then he made me look good in the process. It was a masterclass of how good of a professional wrestler Chavo Guerrero is. I, we just had this conversation last night, actually. What? The match, because he was there at AEW. And yeah. I, was like, I was like, man, I remember, you know, he, he kept saying, he's like, man, look how, look at you now, Fuego. look how far you've come. And I was like, it's a good feeling, you know, when people say that. Like, even Matt Seidel, another guy who I wrestled at uh, one of the Oklahomanians, he used the same way. He's like, man, he's like, I don't want this to sound like an insult, but you've gotten so much better since it's insane. we together three years it, ago. But it was never talent, you know? It was just coming with experience and learning how to piece it together. That's all it was. You know, I was telling somebody about it. Can't remember who it was. And uh, we were talking about uh, the all-star pro show, the Royal rumble thing or whatever they called it. And um, you know, like it was almost like a, I mean, I know Dustin's your dad. I know that, <laughs> but it was almost like a proud dad moment for me to sit back there and just shut up and listen to you lay this shit out for everybody involved. And I was just like, that's legit. The only hey, part I didn't like was like, yeah, you got to stay in there a lot longer. And I was like, what? I was already playing on like a two-minute exit. <laughs> Brother, just lay down with somebody. Yeah, that's what I do in all those things. I hide. Oh, oh I, man, as soon as they were all laying down, I, I laid down too, trust me. <laughs> but I, to me, like, that was a proud moment for me yeah. to hear you take control of that locker room. And, you know, I think that's a testament, too, to all the people you're around in world class, the people I you're around in AEW. I think, you know, it's just it's amazing when you see that come together like that. A lot of people, like I said, I've only been doing this seven, seven years. And I really can't even count seven years. I counted about more six years because the first two were kind of half and half. But like I got to really 
learn professional wrestling and, you know, make find, figure out who I wanted to be as a wrestler with world class. Not only just as experience, because like I could wrestle with anybody anywhere to get experience. You put me in there with big time wrestlers, some of the best wrestlers in the world. Where I got to really work on who I wanted to be and learn what type of wrestler I wanted to be. And it made me the wrestler I am today. And now I can do that with confidence in the locker room. Because, hey, you know, sometimes it's not about the quantity of what you've done, your, you know, how many years you've been. It's the quality of those years. And because of world class, I got to have a quality six years of just great talent to work with. And uh, now I can take the lead because I feel like I'm confident in my abilities that what I've learned throughout the years to take charge because I know what's good because I've been in there with so many people that knew what was good. You know, it, it was amazing to see on the level, too, that, you know, you understand where you're at right now. And whenever you're in a locker room like that, these people are looking up to you and they're respecting and they're listening to you. And, and that's a beautiful thing, too, you know, to see you. There's a difference between being an indie wrestler, being a pro wrestler. There's also a difference between being somebody that shows up and somebody that leads. And, you know, whenever you have an efficient locker room leader like that, I mean, it takes everybody's game on a totally different level. Because whenever you're mature enough and responsible enough to call something properly, you're teaching them at the same time. You're helping them in ways that you might not even realize you're doing that. You're right. You're right. Uh, I didn't think about it like that, but I do agree. You know, at the end of the day, I want the best match. I want the best show. I want the best. Uh, best, as much money to make as possible for everybody, you know, not just for myself. I want to put on the best show uh, with with everyone, you know. I feel like if you have that, if you don't have that type of mentality in the locker room, it's toxic. And I feel like we were always good at trying to make sure our locker room wasn't toxic. Uh, Ishmael says he has three of your shirts. Yeah, Ishmael, he's a big fan, man. He's he's always at me on Twitter. I'll, you know, give him the likes and the and, and comment back. He's, big, he's one of the day one fans. He's He's definitely up top uh, in the Fire Nation, as I like to call him. So uh, I appreciate this. Faye All Day said, Matt Hardy going to get that Tornado DDT in Tornado Alley. Can't wait for Wichita. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to almost come out with Brock Lesnar type shirts where I take Tornado Alley in whatever town I'm in. You know, that There was, you go. There's your next shirt right there. Tornado Alley, yeah, Wichita, Kansas, USA. What is the what is the atmosphere like in the AEW locker room? Like, is it really as fun as it seems? Okay, I know. Uh, I I I can't. I uh, I didn't personally. Fuego del Sol didn't personally wrestle for WWE. You know, I have a friend that wrestled for WWE, uh, and so he he told me that the, it's a night and day difference. Uh, I I feel like in when you walk, when you're in the WWE locker room, you're almost as an extra. You almost it's an annoyance for you to be there. You're walking on eggshells. You don't want to. They don't want you to speak to anybody. You kind of just have to shut up, listen, and be thankful that you're even there. Was AEW is like a family atmosphere, man. It reminds me a lot of world class. Everybody, whether it be the top guys, the bottom guys, shake your hand, talk to you, give you advice, help you out. If you're nice, if you're a good person, people are good back to you. And I think that's one of the reasons I've thrived in AEW is because I have earned the respect of all of my peers, of all the assigned guys. They look at me as a signed guy because. My work ethic and how I treat people, and that's a good feeling. And so I, I tell people all the time, that's why I strive to just want to be in in AEW because it's the greatest locker room in the world. Uh, Lou says, which luchador would you want to wrestle? You know, to me, <laughs> I don't know. I would love to see the Ray Mysterio match one day. It's included it me, man. I would love to wrestle Ray, dude. So so bad. I would love to wrestle Ray. Because you remember the last, I don't know, two or three years. 
I would always say to people, you were the world-class Ray Mysterio. I would I, love to see that match. I would always like that comparison. I don't know if I could even step into those shoes, but I try to do it to the best of my ability. I have no doubt that you could at this point. No doubt. Polar Family says, would Fuego face Nick Gage in a death match? <laughs> uh, probably not. I mean, Jericho did a hell of a job with it last night, but it would have to be a lot of money. A lot of money. I just don't, that's not my style of wrestling. I thought I can tell a fun story and have a fun match without having to kill myself. So, you know, it's important to be able to identify too what your type of matches are. Absolutely. So I think it's cool that you just said that because I think a lot of times, you know, people will sacrifice their bodies, they'll sacrifice their sanity, anything they can to take whatever opportunities in their hands. But at the same time, sometimes you have to be smart enough to say no. And, you know, I was pleasantly surprised with that match last night. You know, I thought, okay, this is TNT. It's not going to be a typical death match. Jericho's not going to take none of this stuff. It'll be Gage taking all of it. And it was totally not. <laughs> I was he waiting to hear that they got in trouble today. <laughs> he got cut with a peach color right into the match. I think TNT actually likes the uh, the blood and gore of it all. I feel like they always pop a good number, and I think they enjoy it. So they never have restricted them when it comes to that. They enjoy the violence, TNT. So... I mean, it's pretty crazy. What was what was the reaction whenever you guys ran WWE off of Wednesday nights, just around the locker room? What was the reaction? I mean, that had to be a happy moment. I would know. I'd have been like, oh. It was a good feeling. I feel like the EVPs are all humble enough to where they don't want to talk about it. But there was definitely a, a sign of like, hey, we did it in the locker room, you know, when it happened. You know, at first I thought, man, there's just no way. There's no way. Because, you know, to me, out of the WWE products, NXT is the best one. I agree. And you guys took their best product, kicked them in the ass, and sent them to Tuesdays. I mean, that's wild. Wow. wow. I, feel you know, like I mean, Raw and SmackDown obviously still draw better ratings than everyone else. Let's, but let's, those ratings are sinking. Wrong, the product's not good. I can't say like I work there, but like I feel a part of it, like I'm a part of the AEW family. But yeah, I feel like they're slowly sneaking up on Raw. But we'll see how it comes comes out. You, you know, it's sad too because it's not a knock on any of the talent in WWE. They've got phenomenal talent. I mean, talent. A lot of us have worked with. You know, uh, my favorite wrestler on Raw right now is Johnny Drip Drip. I think that's one of the greatest incredible. things. He's incredible. He reinvigorated himself in his career with his character, Johnny Drip Drip. We got Anthony. He wants to know who's your favorite wrestlers. Oh man, uh, this is the cliche answer, but Shawn Michaels would always be up there just because he was. It was like when I was young, and I, I was born in '95, just to show my age here. Uh, it's a Stone Cold during the '90s was the greatest thing ever. Going on. when I finally started to understand wrestling and get into it, like seven, eight, nine years old, Shawn Michaels had just come back in 2002, and he just took over everything. Man, I remember when he won the Elimination Chamber at Survivor Series and took the title off Triple H. I went bananas as an eight-year-old kid. It was the greatest thing in the world. And so, um, Shawn Michaels first, Eddie Guerrero, another one that I love so much. Uh, Rey Mysterio, I could not, you know, God, I can't even not put him on the list. Daniel Bryan, CM Punk are two guys that I looked up to a lot just because they were smaller guys that kind of burst onto the scene and, and, and become main eventers, and that's what I looked up to. And then even John Cena, to a certain extent, later in his life, the U.S. title on John Cena just is insane how good it was. Uh, but uh, AJ Styles is another one in TNA. I can't leave out TNA because like, I was watching them like crazy. And uh, Styles and the Machine Guns both were just 
phenomenal. At one point, that X division was amazing. It was just incredible, and it was some of my favorite stuff that they did. Um, so I have to say those for sure. But those are the first ones in mind always. Yeah. Uh, we got Patrick who said uh, you need to be a part of WWE. <laughs> I feel like that's the wrestling fans' go-to thing. Like, as if you're an independent wrestler, they always ask, "When are you going to go to WWE?" When you can't, you can't just go to WWE, guys. There's a there's a process to this, right? They either invite you to a tryout or they offer you a job. So they have to come to you. You can't just show up there. If anybody can show up there, all the independent guys would just be in WWE. So there'd be like a line around the building, like a WrestleMania line to get in, and people just be lined up everywhere. Like a job, right? It could be Pizza Hut or Domino's. You may prefer Pizza Hut, but that doesn't mean Domino's is not making money. And right now I'm at Domino's with AEW and we're doing the thing and I love it. That uh the pizza pizza cutter to the face and then the Domino's commercial was pure genius. <laughs> phenomenal. I don't know. I, it had to be on purpose. I don't know if it was coincidence or not, but it had to be. It would have to be. You know what's funny is that I didn't even connect the dots and my wife was like, that's brilliant marketing. <laughs> and I didn't even think about it until she said it. I was like, man, that's wild. We got uh, Lou that says his five-year-old daughter is such a Fuego Mark. I feel like I connect with the kids, man. Fuego's for the kids, bro. Always will be. I love, you know, I'm, I have three kids of my own. I uh, worked at a trampoline park for years and years and years dealing with kids. I've always been super friendly with kids. They're, they're, they, they're just bundles of joy, and I hate to say it like that, but, like, it's the smallest thing that a kid does to make you laugh until you cry. It's, it's just easy happiness, man. Easy happiness. And you remember we would talk about it back in the locker room. You know, we would talk about, you know, you take your time with each person that comes up to you. Because even if you don't think sometimes like you're a superstar, to kids, you are a star. Exactly. They're watching you. They're listening to you. And that's a big deal to them. You know, even if it's not to, to independent wrestlers sometimes, like when, it, when kids come to these shows, you are a big deal. And, you know, we always, I mean, how many times do we have that talk to be conscious of people and if they, and and look at their mannerisms and if they need you, you are to talk to them because you never know who might need somebody to listen to. We would talk about it all the time. And, and I think wrestling as a whole, you know, like you got to understand your role in that with kids because, you know, or even young adults, even, even adults sometimes, like sometimes just you acknowledging them and taking the time to speak to them can change their whole world in a sense. Absolutely. I remember being a young kid and going to an independent show and just getting, you know, the rest of the slap in my hand was like the coolest thing in the world. It's like just to be able to translate that and give that to kids now is incredible. I remember one time, uh, me and D-Money, our first WWE show we went to uh, was a house show. We were both adults at this time. And uh, somehow we snuck down on the floor and we got up on the rail and like, I think it was Kurt Angle. Like he walked by, he just got done wrestling, and we like tapped him on the back like five times. I was like, "Oh my god!" I tapped Kurt Angle five times. You know, that's great. Wrestling at its core is just an emotional connection between a character and the fans. And I feel like that's right now is what I'm. You know, people can see how genuine of a guy I am, and I think that translates to them wanting to cheer for me. And it's the greatest feeling in the world. I can't describe how great it is. You know, AEW is right now the very definition of that emotional connection with fans like watching that show i mean the fuego chants the people singing the jericho song like it's truly a magical environment absolutely i feel like and they have there there's a fan on here that uh discusses that they like seeing you in pele pro wrestling were you at last weekend's pele pro event i was in the main event of that show, and I uh, I got to wrestle Cameron Cole for the Pele Pro Championship. 
I got screwed out of that championship. But then uh, there was a surprise appearance by Enzo. Um, what was Enzo doing there? Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to ask because Enzo was booked somewhere else and then he appeared on Pele Pro. Do you have so any idea what happened there? The best of my knowledge is that they, uh, that other place had screwed over his travel. And so uh, it was even five hours away and he had reached out to the Pele Brooklyn. and he's like, hey, I'm going to be in, in Texas. If there's any way I can come do anything with you guys. I don't want to be at this other show because they screw me up, screw me over. And if I could come work with you guys, I would. And so we snuck him into the building and got to do something with him at the end of the night. But, you know, uh, you know, you got to treat talent well, always, you know, uh, especially if they're coming far away. They have some exposure, a name about them. If they're good to you, you got to be good to them. Absolutely. One hundred percent. And, you know, as wild as I think there was like four people that didn't show up at that at that other company show. Yeah, there was actually it may even be more than that, but they haven't released their uh their full results, but I'm glad Enzo got a booking. Uh, could you tell us what it was like working with Enzo? Because we, we always hear mixed uh, reports on him. But it's another match I'd love to see. I'd love to see Fuego and Enzo. Oh, yeah, we could do some entertaining stuff. I feel like uh, that night he made sure to go out of his way to shake everybody's hand, look them in the eyes, introduce himself, repeat their name. He, whenever, he did everything the right way that night. Like I said, I, that's the only time I've ever interacted with him, so I can't speak on other people's opinions of him. But that night, he did everything the right way. And uh, he, you know, raised my hand and at the end of the night and, uh, you know, said things, good things about me. So I got nothing but respect for the guy for our interaction for the first time this week. Man, I, I, you know, I think that you should always judge people. You shouldn't probably judge them, period. But you should always gauge people off your interactions with them. You know, I mean, you in, in the wrestling business, you're probably anything entertainment, maybe anything in general, your job, whatever, whatever you're doing. You know, you're going to come across people sometimes that have a negative opinion of somebody like, oh, yeah, you know, that person, blah, blah, blah. But then your interaction with them might be totally opposite. To that. You know, it, it's almost a case by case basis with people. And Enzo has gotten mixed reviews from people. But at the same time, I love to hear stories like what you just said, because, you know, it's not always the case. And sometimes people. I mean, we're all human. Sometimes people might have a bad day. You know, sometimes it is an unfavorable situation and they have every right to be upset. So there's multiple factors that factor into that. But that's a great Enzo story to know that he is out there being like that because, you know, there's a lot of people that don't go around the locker room and shake hands. There's a lot of people that definitely don't ask your name or remember it. You know, so that that's very cool to hear because, you know, to me, uh, Enzo is still a big star. You know, and, and man, I can just see that match between you two. And the promos behind it. He's a good talker. You're a good talker. I feel like sometimes like you're a very underrated talker. I agree. I just haven't had the uh, real the major platform to really show how well uh, versed I am on the mic. You know, when it comes to this mic work, this shit is light work for me. So it's just easy all day. Man, you know, like I, I don't think we ever like at first we never really took advantage of that. And I remember I was watching one day, like you started putting your own promos up, and I was like. Oh shit, like he's really good. Like really good. Because you've never really, you know, like you always let your work speak for itself. That's what I try to do. You never come up like Jerry, man, I really need some promo spots. Like you've never done that. No, no. Then uh, you started putting out these videos. I was like, damn, he's good. And then hence, you know, Clash of the Cotillion 4, Flame On, Game On. Here we are. I always said, I say what I mean, I mean what I say. Always, you know, and I feel like you're speaking from the heart like that. And with a little bit of purpose, with a little bit of bass in your voice, say it with your chest, you know, you can uh, you can put something together pretty well. I'm a clever guy. I've got to give myself a little bit of credit. You should. You should. And speaking of chest, you've gotten a lot bigger in the last 
year? How much bigger have you got? So since October of last year, I've put on almost 20 pounds. I put on 15 pounds uh, and, you know, give or take a couple pounds, depending on what day it is and how much I've eaten stuff this day. But, uh, you know, I, I was always told it was a big part of the presentation. And I always was in the mindset of, oh, my wrestling will just keep speaking for myself. And, you know, and then when I got there and I realized, man, I probably would have had a job by now if I had really gotten the best shape I could have had. Uh, and so, you know, I've made sure that I'm, I'm going to make sure there's no, there's no reason they should say, but, oh, Fogo's the soul is a great talent and we should sign him, but he didn't do this. Or Fogo's the soul is a great talent, but he should, he's not as big as we want him to, or but he's got, got the gear, da, da, da. I didn't want anything. There's no buts. I'm going to leave no stone unturned. I'm going to show them that I'm putting in the work. Oh, you think Fogo needs to be bigger? Cool. I'm going to get in the gym every day and make myself bigger. So what advice, I mean, there's a lot of, of wrestlers in your shoes that have been there, that have been smaller. What advice do you give them that are watching this? Well, for one, I feel you got to travel and grind because like right, right at first I wasn't focused on the quickest route to WWE or AEW. I was focused on becoming the best pro wrestler I could be. Right. I always say this. There's three factors, kind of four, three factors that make you uh, a superstar in wrestling. Right. You really want to be a, a major star. You could be a great talker. Right. Have a great look slash character. Right. Or you can be phenomenal in the ring. Right. If you have two of those things, you can be a world champion. If you have all three of those things, you're Hulk Hogan, John Cena, The Rock. You know, you're one of those types. Right. You have two. You can be a world champion. You can get a job off of one. You know, you can have a great look and get a job off of that. But if you can't work or if you can't talk, you're never going to be a multi-time world champion like that. And so uh, first thing I did, I was make sure I got I got in the ring and just grinded and I traveled everywhere I wrestled Canada Mexico you know can't like 14 15 states I traveled constantly I was always out there trying to wrestle as many people as possible and make as many connections as possible because then I and then I'd also be doing the work the extra stuff the dieting the the working out uh promos constantly working like constantly watching tape I was obsessed with wrestling always so you have to be obsessed with it if you really want to be successful at it amen and um you should I'm, know the the present the past, you should know all of it. If you if you want to be in wrestling, no wrestling. Absolutely. You should be a student of the game, you know? And, and don't be like, oh, man, like I watched Hulk Hogan, John Cena, Ric Flair, Stone Cold. No. Like, watch wrestling as a whole. Watch people from the opening matches to the mid-card to the top of the ladder and understand, learn to understand why they did the things they did, why, the, why these segments came along here, what was said here, how it all ties into each other. Be a student of the game Absolutely. and if you love it it should be easy exactly if you're passionate about it, it doesn't matter you you know uh you got to be self-aware too you have to have be self-aware of what's going on what what trends are going which way and uh where you should be working and which companies you should be working at you know you got to stay on top of the indie game as well and who's coming up and what are they doing right and what are they what are people doing wrong and use that to your advantage i feel like that was always that way like i said i grinded and try to get as much experience as possible and then when those big names that I got to work with and those connections I made saw that, then that saw that I was also putting in the work in the other facets of the look, the gear, the gimmick, the promos. They see all that. Then they want to help you get opportunities because they see your growth. Like I said with Matt Seidel, like I said with Chavo Guerrero, they see the growth in me and they want to help me then because they know, hey, he's doing something right and this kid wants it. And that's what I tell everybody else. You got to really want it. You got to you gotta love it. You got to love it even down to the stuff that you don't want to do. You have to love it. 
man, one more shout out to the Modern Wellness Center. They said if you did a if you did wrestle a death match, we got you covered. We of fixed course. up the king of the death match, Nick Gage, a few weeks ago, so no problem. Once <laughs> again, they're in Fort Worth, right? Fort Worth, Modern Wellness Center, Fort Worth. Go check them out. I cannot say enough good things. I can't. I'll wait. actually be there Saturday with Chavo in Fort Worth. Oh wow, nice! I'll be yeah, some festival tomorrow, <laughs> so they're gonna work on the back a little bit too. Help me awesome. there. And uh, do you know their website so people can check it out? Is it modernwellnesscenter.com? Uh, it's on my, uh, if you go to my uh, Twitter and Instagram, it's on the sponsorship logo as well. So it should tell awesome. you. So check Fuego's Twitter, Instagram, and you can figure out if you're in the DFW area how to get a hold of Modern Wellness Center and have them work on you just like they're working on Fuego. Absolutely. Let's see. Uh, Jamie said that. He saw uh, your friend's match with Rowan on Raw. And uh, I guess he wanted to get your, your thoughts on that. What did uh, you think of your friend's match? I mean, it was a, uh, you know, I remember watching it and I, and I was excited for you. But at the same sense, I'm like, what are they, what are they doing? Like, what are they doing? They needed a guy for spot. And like you said, I'm the, uh, you know, I'm the ultimate team player. So I suggested my friend do it, and he did it to the best of his abilities. Like, you know, what you're supposed to do. Uh, it was a nice little payday. Uh, it was a fun little experience. And uh, that's really all I got to say about it. You know, now people just use that online for their YouTube videos for the big unmasked type clips. And I hate that, too, because I'm like, I don't even look like that for one. Yeah. So, no, they didn't get you on your best day. No, of course not. I was <laughs> growing my hair out. And so it's just in the in-between stage. I didn't think I was going to be wrestling on her all. So it's one of those things. You know, I think that is also a testament, too, to the difference between um, AEW and WWE. You know, I mean, in all honesty, you know, AEW brings in talent, gives them a legit chance to be seen, not to go out. I mean, you're getting seen on WWE, but – and, yeah, that does something for you being on there, but – I don't think it's near as beneficial as appearing on dark or elevation or whatever. You know, I don't, I don't think you can even measure the two. You can't, you can't. Because obviously if you're an extra at WWE, you're going out there, you know, for one purpose, just to job out and put their people over. But AEW, not so much. Get, you know? get yourself over, you know, you get a chance to get your name said, you get a chance to be somebody. All right, I think we're caught up on everything. Do you want to tell everybody before we wrap it up, like where they can find you on social media and, and put uh, your Fuego, switch over and all of that? Yes, Fuego Del Sol underscore on Instagram. Go follow me right now. I put up some great stuff. So, like, you should check out how awesome I am every day. Uh, Twitter, Fuego Del Sol. I got my at change earlier this year. So, uh, at Fuego Del Sol, check that out. I, got, I just hit... Uh, I want to say like 23K, maybe 22K uh, followers. So like the growth the past year has been incredible. And I can't thank you guys enough for that. Um, 23K, there's no reason why we can't get Fuego to 30 to 50K. Come on, guys. If you're not following him, go do so. It's coming soon. Do you have any message for Matt Hardy that we can put into a, a clip here to help promote this Wichita event October 3rd where you're going to have this is this going to be the main event yes I assume it can't get much bigger event. than that it cannot get bigger than that right now and you know Matt's one of the most accomplished wrestlers of all time and I I can't wait to see that in person 
I can't either. Let's see. Let's see what I can say about Matt Hardy. Uh, Matt Hardy, big money Matt, as he likes to call him. He likes those big money matchups. Well, Matt, when you come to Wichita, Kansas on October 3rd, it don't get any bigger than Fuego Del Sol. Yeah, you want a big money match? Well, here's your chance. I've been itching for a little bit of revenge when you come into my town on my home turf. And I'm telling you, it ain't going to go the same way like it went on Dark and Elevation. So Matt Hardy, right? If you can show up without your HFO, without all your backup that you need, and you can fight this young kid who's hungry, who's itching to, to be put on the map. I can't think of a better way to do that than taking out a future Hall of Famer than Matt Hardy. Not only am I going to beat you, Matt, but I'm going to do it by putting you on your neck with the Tornado DDT. And y'all need to see that in Wichita on October 3rd. Tickets are on sale now at, uh, at, at the Cotillion's website, and you can also get tickets off of our Facebook page by clicking on the link there. It's a show you do not want to miss. Headlined by Edo Del Sol and Matt Hardy. One on one. When it's flame on, it's game on. I'm telling you that right now. 